0: Just go to Cards.com. It's magical.
1: Sunday Morning Post. Dogs by Nature Radio. From the Straight Note Chaser Studios.
2: Listen, we look forward to playing, uh, the challenge of playing the Browns. We know they're a heck of a football team. uh, And so our guys start the preparation and uh, get ready to play in a great venue here. Um, at Arrowhead, so we look forward to getting all our fans back in there, and that place rocking.
3: We've got a big challenge this week going into Arrowhead Stadium, uh, really well-coached team, uh, really across the board on offense, defense, special teams, they have great players.
4: You're listening to Straight No Chaser on Dogs by Nature Radio. Now, here's your host, my dad, Deloney Seven.
1: A very merry football morning to you and yours from Dogs by Nature Radio. I'm your host, Thelonious7, getting you ready for your Cleveland Browns game day. Ahead on the Sunday Morning Post, we hear a bit more from Coach Stefanski and Coach Reed as they walk the media through the paces. And then we turn our attention to the AFC North outlook and check in on our division rivals. Before finishing up with the Browns Showdown, we'll hear from Jordan Foote, the deputy editor at SI Chiefs, as well as Josh from the Danger Zone podcast. We have a lot to get to, so without any further ado, let's get into it. Head coach Andy Reid once again put on a masterclass in obfuscation with the media. I don't know if it is possible to say less with more words. Here's a question about the patterns that he might see in the success of Patrick Mahomes.
2: Um, yeah, well, I'd probably tell you every one of them is a little different. Um, uh, but normally, none of us do very well when, uh, you know, it starts with me. So I, I, we, we normally handle that all together, but um, that's how it normally works. You know, we, it's not one guy. It's not one thing. Um... So, we try to correct them, try to get better from them. And so, I can't point to one thing.
1: That is an outstanding deflection that is sure not to make any headlines. That's basically the goal of this press conference, from his perspective. But we can get a little bit more from him later. Listen to the way he responds to a question on the team's youth at offensive line.
2: Yeah, that'll be that'll be a fun one to watch because their interior players are real good too. So and experienced, and um, so yeah, it'll be it'll be a, a great experience for our guys to have the opportunity to play against them, uh, um, being as young as they are. So, yeah.
5: Kevin yeah, Stefanski talked about uh, sending waves of <coughs> defensive players in just to stretch. Uh, With your death on the offensive line, um, you know, when you think about what he said, did
2: that change anything? No, that, I think that's a pretty common thing on from defensive fronts uh, that we've seen. They'll do that. Uh, so uh, they've got a good group of guys. I mean, they're good, healthy, too deep um, with good players. So. And so I'm sure I'm, I'd be surprised if they didn't do that. Yeah.
1: I think this is going to be the key matchup. How well
2: can that revamped defensive
1: line take advantage of the youth? We'll wrap this segment with a clip from Andy Reid about close games and this team's mindset.
2: So we, we went through a little phase there where we didn't start fast, and um, but kind of picked it up as we went. And uh, I tell you that um, I mean it's a crazy stat, but. The, the number of games in this league that are determined by seven points or, or less is ridiculous. I mean, it's uh, there's so much parity. So to, I analyze those things and look at them, but uh, uh, to get better. But you prepare, you know, obviously for with all the situational football that you prepare for, you prepare for uh, in case you're in that in that mode just by you know, the analytics of it, it's I mean, it's ridiculous right now.
1: Such a fascinating matchup for week one.
2: I don't think you go there right now, I mean you, you know, you work on what you can control and uh, that's, right now it's the game plan and making sure we master that and master the opponent the best we can before game time. And then once you get in the game, then it's take care of each play, literally. And and, um, and and figure all that out. So, um, and so you you really don't even let your mind go that that other direction. You can't. I mean, you can't control that part. So you try to really focus in on the things you control and don't let those hurdles get in the get in the way of your thought process. Yeah. You know?
1: Coach Andy Reid is certainly a Jedi master, and never at a loss for aphorisms. So let's turn to Coach Stefanski and hear how he's addressing the challenges coming up in this contest.
6: How do you prepare for a crowd that rivals a jet engine at Arrowhead?
3: Yeah, so we've been working crowd noise really since the spring, uh, just because we felt like going into this year without teams dealing with crowd noise for a full calendar year, we needed to make sure that we were on point in our communication and our silent count. We were on the silent count in Arrowhead last time we were there in the playoffs, even with whatever it was, 20,000. So we know it's going to be loud. Uh, you kind of deal with it matter of factly and understand what you're walking into uh, and really just have to make sure that our preparation, our communication, our operation is on point.
1: Preparation is certainly a hallmark of Coach Levansky's regime, but then somewhere along the line, the media began to ask if he might be too prepared for this game.
6: Can there be a time when you just work too hard for one team? You know what I mean? And you started like three weeks ago working on this game?
3: Yeah, I think you do have to be careful there, Jeff, uh, not to have uh, paralysis by analysis in some ways. So we made sure that we spent... Uh, You know, we spent extra time on them, obviously, because you have extra days. Uh, But we we need to make sure that we, as the Cleveland Browns, are on point uh, before you turn your attention to your week one opponent.
1: I don't know. Those reporters could be having flashbacks to the Freddie Kitchen era. That was a difficult time for everyone. But I'm not at all concerned about this team being overly prepared. This is a big opponent, and the team seems to be focused on themselves, which is what's really important at the same time, as a fan, I don't think that I've been able to let go of last year's defeat.
6: Does, do you still want those guys to feel what they felt January 17th last year?
1: No, I think, Tom,
3: we're so far past last season. Uh, I do think we obviously go back and look at the tape and, and see what we could have done differently, what they did, what they might do this game. Uh, but in terms of taking last season into this season, I think we're we're way past that.
1: I'm hoping that's the case, and it might be true for the team, but... I don't really imagine that Stefanski could be past it. One of the reasons people prepare so hard for things is because they have a hard time dealing with regret. This is a huge game, no question, he took his time to address the issues and to come back with a better response. We'll see on Sunday afternoon. You're listening to the Sunday Morning Post on Dogs by Nature Radio. I'm your host, Alonia 7 It's time for the AFC North Outlook on Dogs by Nature Radio. I'm your host, Thelonious 7. Our first game up will focus on the former home of Kevin Stefanski, where the Minnesota Vikings will host the Bengals. That will be a 1 o'clock affair. The Vikings look to be a three-point favorite in this one. So to get the view from a 1,000 lakes, let's hear from Jackson and Matt from the You Like That podcast. They can be found at you like that pod on Twitter, guys. What do you have for us?
4: On offense, we got Dalvin Cook, one of the best running backs in the NFL. We're gonna run the ball a lot this year. He's gonna be a big key to victory. Justin Jefferson coming off a 1,400-yard rookie season. Boy, to break out again in year two. Adam Thielen, a veteran receiver, quality guy, scored nine touchdowns last year. He's gonna be consistent in the red zone. On defense, Daniel Hunter coming back from injury. He was out 2020. He's here for 2021. A lot of sacks. He's gonna be productive. Eric Kendricks, middle linebacker that macker that can do everything in the run game in the pass game, and then Harrison Smith on the back end, a uh, veteran safety just got a contract extension. Uh, he doesn't show any signs of slowing down.
0: Clint Kubiak's first game as offensive coordinator is going to be a big key to victory this week. We've got to get going quick, and we got to get going successful. We can't have any turnovers, and everything has to be smooth. And we have to get the offense gelled together. On the defense, this year for the Vikings is back, and we are healthy. We have Michael Pierce back. We have. Dalvin Thompson coming in. We have two strong defensive tackles there. What are our keys to victory? Are we going to attack these poor Bengals
4: corners? Jadobia, Woozie, and Ei Appler are going to be the starting cornerbacks for the Bengals with Trey Waynes out this week. So we got to attack them consistently with our two good receivers. And they're running the ball. Dalvin Cook against some horrible linebackers and an okay defensive line. That's something we can take advantage of on offense.
0: I got the Vikings 27-10 to 10 against the Bengals winning.
4: I got the Vikings putting up 34 and the Bengals 20. I think the Vikings take this pretty handily.
1: Jackson and Matt, thanks so much for that report. Not a lot of respect for the spirit of Sam Weish. Well, to get this perspective from Southern Ohio, we turn to Frank LaPlaca of the unofficial Bengals
7: podcast. So the Cincinnati Bengals are my favorite team. As far as their top producers, you have all the Bs. You have Burrow, Bates, Bell, Boyd, don't sleep on Higgins and Chase, Mixon's going to have a big day, and DJ Reader is the key to that defense, he clogs up the middle, lets other guys make plays. Now you want to go in, you want to protect Burrow strategically, not 30 plus passes, you want to limit his dropbacks, not too many screens or play action, just limit the exposure to him taking unnecessary hits. We'll get Mixon going with the run and the pass. I want to see a personal protector in there as much as possible, whether it's Mixon or Pirine, almost like on a punt play, standing next to Burrow, making sure that the first guy in does not hit him, and then go after Nick Vigil, ex-Bengals linebacker who struggled here. I say you find where he is on the field, and you target him in the run game and the passing game. Defensively, we need to pressure Cousins into some mistakes and turnovers, and that's going to happen with pressure from the front four and some blitzes. You need to key on Cook, because he's the key to it all for them, and you need to help Eli Apple, who's subbing in for Trey Waynes, who's hurt. You might have to have Bates come over top and help him a little bit. I think this is a game where field position, time of possession, special teams, that's the way to win this game. Unless the Vikings start hitting some big plays, then we're going to have to try to go punch for punch. My prediction for the game 23 20 Bengals. The young kicker gets going, kicks three field goals, and that's the difference in the game. This is Frank LaPlaca from the unofficial Bengals podcast. At Cincy Bengals Pod on Instagram or Twitter. Nice work, Frank. Looking
1: at the quarterbacks in this contest, I actually think I trust Joe Burrow more than I do Cousins. But, but I really can't imagine the Bengals taking one from a well coached team on the road this early in the season. But I think Burrow should be able to make his point as long as the line gives him some reasonable protection. It's a big if, I guess. Game two of our outlook has us traveling out west as the Nevermore descends upon Nevada as the Ravens challenge the Raiders in a Monday Night Affair in Las Vegas. Even with the uncertainty in their backfield, the Ravens are a four-point favorite. Let's take this chance to hear from Micah and Tyler from the Behind the Eye Patch podcast to get their perspective on this game.
8: This is the Behind the Eye Patch podcast talking the Raiders versus Ravens. Opening Monday night game this week Tyler, we're going to talk about the top Producers on defense I've got Trayvon Mullen, the cornerback I believe fourth year, third year quarterback A cornerback, I should say uh, Dude's got to step up this year had a, had a really solid rookie season Kind of had a sophomore slump Really need him to step up on defense to solidify The back end. Who do you like on offense?
9: Uh, I like Of course, Darren Waller on offense He's been our leading receiver Uh, has a chance to join Travis Kelsey as the only two tight ends in the history of the NFL to have back-to-back seasons of over 100 catches. I like uh, Waller this year to have a big um, impact on the offense. I like it. I like it. That's fair. Um, Keys
8: to victory, Tyler, this week for me... Honestly, it's going to be the play of the offensive line. The whole offense is going to live or die on the entire uh, restructuring of that offensive line. Who else do you who else are you looking at this week?
9: I am looking on the defensive side of the ball, our revamped linebackers and defensive line. Can they contain Lamar Jackson and make him a pure passing quarterback and keep him within the pocket and not allow him to ke- to create outside of it where I feel he is the most dangerous.
8: Yep, 100% agree. Uh, final scores. I don't like this game for the Raiders opening up. Uh, there's nothing in the past that shows me that the Raiders can hang with a playoff contender like the Ravens. I'm going to go 19 to 27. Raiders
9: fall at home at the opener. Tyler, what do you like? Uh, I'm going to go 21 to 30. 21-30, we'll go that. 21-30, Ravens get the win in the opening of the new stadium with fans this year.
8: Yeah, it's that's going to be a tough loss. Tough way to open the season. But, again, just from what we've seen in the past and what we've done in the offseason, Tyler, for me, I just don't have a ton of hope uh, for, uh, for this season in general. So, anyway, this has been the
1: Behind the Eye Patch podcast. Peace. Micah and Tyler. Outstanding work as always. Thank you for taking the time to join us here. I think we can all agree that the Ravens will cover in this one although I am very curious to see how they respond to the recent adversity they've had. Our final game takes us to the east of Erie as the Steelers travel to Buffalo to take on the Bills for a 1 o'clock game. To get the perspective of the Bills fan, we turn to David Tilton, otherwise known as at Tilt Money on Twitter.
0: This is Tilt Money with the Buffalo Fanatics. In the week one matchup with the Pittsburgh Steelers, the key producers for the Buffalo Bills are going to be obviously Josh Allen. Stephon Diggs not practicing much lately, but is off the injury report for week one. He is going to be a key. We saw what Stephon Diggs did to the Steelers in the second half of the game late last year and just um, took over the game against the Steelers. Storylines keys to the game, the Bills defensive line, Revamped defensive line with Gregory Rousseau, Boogie Basham in the draft going up against that very beat up, uh, underperforming, and below average Steelers offensive line, Bills defensive line looking to set the tone early in this game. Um, My final score prediction I think that it starts out as a little bit of a uh, feel them out punching match. Ultimately, the Bills pull away in this one, and the score ends up being uh, a little bit um, closer, maybe at the end than people think, but the Bills still will win running away, 31-17. Again, this is Tilt Money with the Buffalo Fanatics giving you the latest on the Bills versus Steelers. Dave, so
1: Dave, thank you so much for contributing to us here on Dog Nature Radio. Dave, thank you so much for t- Dave. Thanks so much for contributing to this episode here on Dog Nature Radio. And if I'm honest with you, I actually hope your prediction is correct. However, the mic Doctor might have something to say about that
5: hey what's going on everybody this is your mainest man james aka the mike doctor that's t-h-e-m-i-c-d-r one-third of the three-headed monster that makes up the sports podium podcast crew when we talk about the pittsburgh steelers we got to start with the team's top producers and that that starts and ends with big ben roethlisberger the Wiley veteran is back for his unteeth year this year which will more than likely be his last year he's healthy he's ready to go he's clamoring he's chomping at the bit he's ready to get after another super Bowl run and another Super Bowl title. We've seen him this season in limited preseason action, but he looked very well leading two drives in which both of those drives ended in a touchdown. But when you also think about the Pittsburgh Steelers, make no mistake about it, they invested a high draft pick number 24 overall at Alabama sensation rookie running back Najee Harris. He's a three down back and he will get plenty of work this year as a Steelers feature back. We pair him up with the likes of Juju Smith-Schuster, return of Chase Claypool, a big downfield threat, Deontay Johnson, James Washington, invested. The Steelers also invested a, a, a second-round pick and in tight uh, end Pat Fryermuth out of Penn State. This offense is loaded, and with Big Ben coming back healthy, focused, and ready to go, other teams in the NFL should be on notice. Now, when we talk about the major storylines and keys to victory against the Buffalo Bills. To me, it starts and stops with Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs. Steelers lost to them last year, and I believe it was week 14. Stephon Diggs had almost a career day, had 100-something yards, two touchdowns. Him and Josh Allen just wrecked the Steelers. The Steelers cannot allow that to happen again. But make no mistake about it, if the Steelers are prepared for that, so, so is Buffalo. Buffalo brought in Emmanuel Sanders from the New Orleans Saints. They still have Cole Beasley. They have Singletary at the running back position. So this should be a star-studded event. But I am looking for Pence, Pittsburgh's defense, which is completely healthy. Assign T.J. Watt. That's right. You heard it. Assign T.J. Watt. He's going to be hungry. I'm calling that he gets two sacks on Sundays against the Bills. But that defense with the return of Joe Hayden, Cam Hayward, Minka Fitzpatrick, Devin Bush coming off of ACL injury they traded for Joe Schobert from the Jacksonville Jaguars to shore up the middle of that defense this defense is going to be stout this defense is going to be ready and I expect him to be in full force and trying to shut down that high-powered Buffalo offense that is operated and maintained by Josh Allen no other than himself let's see my final score on this game everyone. I'm going Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm going Pittsburgh Steelers. Going to go into uh Buffalo. They're going to invade Bills Mafia, Bills Mafia Nation, Buffalo Wing City, whatever you want to call it. Pittsburgh is going to invade and they are going to come away with the victory. I'm calling a Pittsburgh victory 27-22. again this is your mainest man james aka the mike doctor one-third of the three-headed monster that it makes up the sports podium podcast crew you can find us on twitter at the sports podium pod you can find us on facebook and instagram at the sports podium podcast and you can look for fresh content dropping every monday more every tuesday morning where me and the fellas talk sports all sports and nothing but sports we'll see you fellas soon James, you knocked it out of the park again. I was all ready to go with the Bills for this
1: election, but you reminded me about Roethlisberger and those weapons on offense for the Steelers. I, I think I have to go with the upset on the road. We're keeping a close eye on all the games in the AFC North and then the AFC at large, but we're keeping the closest eye on our next game. It's time for the Browns Showdown on Dogs by Nature Radio. I'm your host, Thelonious7. It's deja vu before week two as your Cleveland Browns look to respond to that season-ending misery in Kansas City. This Sunday afternoon at the home of Mahomes, will we get more of the same or will Baker and the Browns make gains on the Great Plains? To give us an idea of what we can expect in our 2021 season opener, we are fortunate to be joined in the Straight No Chaser Studios by Jordan Foote.
10: Hey, my name is Jordan Foote. I'm the uh, deputy editor over at Arrowhead Report, SI Chiefs. I'm doing everything Sports Illustrated and Chiefs related. I'm really excited for the Chiefs Week 1 matchup against the Cleveland Browns. The Browns are a team that I think really uh, has a chance to do some damage in the AFC this year.
1: Jordan, I can hardly contain the excitement. It is a pleasure to have you in the studios. He can be found at F-O-O-T-E Noted, that's footnoted, on Twitter. And now... Representing your Cleveland Browns, we are joined once again by Josh Thornton of the Danger Zone.
11: What is up, everyone? Josh from the Danger Zone here. Excited to be back on Talking Football, Talking Browns Football. We're back. Let's
1: do this. Josh, it's outstanding to have you back again. Excited to hear your perspective. He can be found at Danger Zone Josh. That danger is spelled with a 6 for a G on Twitter. So, with the pleasantries aside... Let's get into our week one edition of the Brown Showdown. As it is our custom, we will kick things off to our opposition's offense. So let's hear from Jordan Foote as he talks about the Kansas City offense, as he ranks his top five performers and gives us an idea of what we can expect in this contest.
10: Offensively, you know, the Chiefs, obviously, their top five contributors, Patrick Mahomes, uh, Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, the big three. I want to say Clyde Edwards Hilaire will take that third spot. The second year running back, um, he battled some injuries his rookie year, wasn't always the most effective um, running back per se, um, but I think he's going to step up. And then, really, you can take your pick for the fifth. It could be one of the new offensive linemen um, that the Chiefs are dealing with, or it could be McCall Hardman stepping into that number two receiver role. The Chiefs really have. A bunch of different options um, for that fifth biggest contributor on offense. I think that they're going to attack the Browns really with a lot of passing. Obviously, the Chiefs have always been kind of a big passing team. The offensive line is brand new, all five starters, um, brand new left to right, Orlando Brown, Joe Tooney, Creed Humphrey, um, Trey Smith, and Lucas Niang, who is returning from a COVID opt-out last year. So really... The big three of Mahomes, Kelsey and Hill, um, then Clyde Edwards, Hilaire, and then you can take your pick.
1: (laughs) Yeah, Mahomes certainly has a full arsenal of weapons at his disposal. So now let's hear from Josh of the Danger Zone and get his perspective on how the Browns might counter on defense.
11: So I feel like the name of the game for Sunday is going to be our defense versus their offense. To me that's the deciding matchup for this contest and I'm immediately looking to the trenches where the Chiefs have five new starters on that rebuild offensive line and that includes three rookies now two of those veterans you know are are pretty decent they're no slouches in Joe Tooney and Orlando Brown Um, but here's the thing offensive lines take time to gel so coming into week one they're not likely to be in their top form so what does that mean well, the likes of Miles Garrett and Jadavian Clowney are set up for a potential monster game. I have a feeling we're going to get, you know, a good idea real quick on Joe Woods' plans for utilizing these two together. Um, getting pressure on Mahomes isn't always going to produce results, though. So, you know, we know how much of a phenomenal athlete the guy is, and he can make some pretty gnarly throws. So, containment is also going to be important. And it just so happens we have a guy with excellent sideline sideline ability, right? Even though he's not officially starting JOK could prove to be a catalyst for victory you know, With his contributions on Sunday So excited to see that you know, His ability to cover the short routes will be key you know, As well can help our secondary Really establish a presence at Arrowhead Travis Kelsey tore us up in that divisional round uh, Loss last year And we need to limit the damage that he can do So JOK will have a tall order When his number's called When he's battling Kelsey there But I think the youngster's up to the task. I think he's up to do it. So um, I do think we're going to need a big play or two from our defensive backfield. So I'm going to insert Denzel Ward right there. You know, with guys like Tyreek Hill blazing routes around the field, we're going to need some disciplined, fundamentally sound cornerback play. And we all know Ward can bring that. All in all, this is a very, very intriguing matchup, that being their offense against our defense. And I'm pretty stoked to see this one play out.
1: Josh, the chatter from JOK certainly didn't fall on deaf ears. We're going to find out right away if he is prepared for the task. So now it's time to flip the field to hear from Jordan Foote on the Chiefs defense.
10: The Chiefs have a clear hierarchy, I think. It starts and ends with Tyron Matthew. Um, then it goes to Chris Jones. Then it goes to probably LeJarius Sneed, I think, second-year cornerback. And then you can really take your pick. Like, again, the Chiefs don't have a clear set, especially on defense. Like, the hierarchy is there in terms of players at the top. um, But then they have a lot of guys who are potentially going to make an impact this year. Like, Anthony Hitchens, the linebacker, would probably be in that top five. Um, Juan Thornhill, the safety, would be in that top five. The Chiefs really, I think, going against Cleveland... Um Odell Beckham Jr is still working his way back from injury. Um they have Higgins, they have Donovan Peoples-Jones, they have Jarvis Landry, David Njoku, Austin Hooper, obviously the great running backs, Cream Hunt and Nick Chubb. Chiefs fans and the Chiefs themselves are obviously very familiar with Cream Hunt. Um, It's going to be a good one, man. I'm very excited for the Browns offense to attack this Chiefs defense. Um, The Chiefs brought in Jaron Reed on the defensive line, moved Chris Jones out to defensive end. So that'll be something to watch for, how the running game does. I expect the Browns to have some success running the ball against the Chiefs um, and really be able to do some stuff. So really defensively. Uh, Matthew and Jones are the big two. Legarius Sneed was fantastic as a rookie for the Chiefs, kind of looking to build on that and cement himself as a, a bona fide number one option in the NFL at the cornerback spot.
1: Jordan, I think you're right about the matchup at corner. Last year, the Browns missed Beckham in the second half of the year, and we're going to see if he's going to be able to come to form early in this campaign. And now we turn to Josh the Danger Zone. To give his perspective of the Browns' offense for this Sunday's game.
11: Now, I know that I said our D versus their O was the biggest matchup in deciding victory. But that doesn't mean I'm not jacked up to see our offense. And obviously, we're going to need the score to win. But here's the beauty of it all. We get to roll in the KC with everyone returning, healthy, and operating in year number two of Stefanski's system. So short of some early first game season, you know, first game of the season type jitters, I'm expecting Baker to show us that all that offseason work he's been putting in is going to pay off. You know, that second half of last season Baker is the real Baker. And no, it's not all on Baker. I get that. All QBs need some help around them. Oh, would you looky here? It's just the two best running back, you know, the best running back duo in the NFL and one Nicholas Jamal Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Expect our two favorite wrecking balls to see some meaningful touches and punish that KC defense. Chubb was held to a modest 69 yards, modest for him, on 13 carries in the playoff loss last year. Um, Those numbers probably won't do Sunday. I think they're, you know, they're going to have to get some work in and put some numbers up, um, and I think the fanscan company get that chunt combo humming early. Of course, you have the union up front, uh, just doing what they do, dominating in the trenches, making pancakes, inflicting pain. But I'm not going to focus in, you know, on on that position group. I'm going to go to another position group to round this out, and I'm watching OBJ, not really for why most people are watching. You know, to see if he can return to that 2014 through 2016 form, um, but I'm I'm more curious to see if he can find his spot in this offense. You know, I think there are still a lot of question marks out there about what kind of receiver he can be in Cleveland. We all know he's a great talent, and he's got this fantastic ability and, and super high ceiling. But how's he fit in Cleveland? And you know, we're all still wondering that. And I think Sunday marks the start of him showing us that.
1: Josh, it's like infinity Christmases. I didn't even know adults could feel this way about football. And now for the moment of truth, it's time for predictions. Let's start with Jordan.
10: All in all, I think the keys to the victory for Cleveland, um, there's no clear blueprint on how to beat the Chiefs, but I think controlling the clock, um, not turning the ball over and then hoping to get lucky. I mean, there's a lot of luck involved in beating the Kansas City Chiefs. And then for the Chiefs, they're going to have to have success running the ball, um, have Patrick Mahomes be Patrick Mahomes, and then get out of the game healthy. Like, I think the Chiefs, really, a key for them is just, I guess I could replace that with continuity for the offensive line.
1: I think the tenor of this response points to a comfortable victory for the home team. So let's hear from Josh of the Danger Zone on what he's expecting.
11: I'm going to keep it simple for my keys to victory. And it's really just going to be a key to victory, I guess. Dominate in the trenches. Both of our lines have favorable matchups, and winning the battle in the trenches can have big impacts on both sides of the ball. You know, it it, uh, ripples throughout the positional groups on both sides of the ball. So you've got a nice opportunity to set the tone and impose your will, and I think the Browns will do just that. Uh, it's, it's time to shed the weight of that losing uh, season opener stigma that we got going on, right? And let's do it against a quality opponent. Give me the Browns. I'm taking the
1: Browns in a tight one, 28-24. that would certainly be a therapeutic result. This team is a lot better than they were uh, just nine short months ago. But let's not forget, the Chiefs were in a rout until they lost a key player in the second half. In this game, more than anything else, I'm looking at Stefanski. I think that every time he's been offered a second bite at the apple, he shows you why he's the guy in Cleveland. The Browns can absolutely win this game if they can surprise the Chiefs early, but win or lose is going to be an excellent test of who they are and where they are. I'm picking Stefanski to get it done. I think the Browns survived a vicious comeback attempt and survived 38-35 to 35 to open the season. And with that, we're going to put this episode in the books. Representing the Kansas City Chiefs in this discussion, we had Jordan Foote the Deputy Director at SI Chiefs. Jordan, thanks so much for joining us here in the Shino Station Studios.
10: Thanks a lot, and you can follow me on Twitter at Footnoted. That's F-O-O-T-E-N-O-T-E-D. Looking forward to a great matchup week one between the Chiefs and Browns.
1: Jordan, nice job. We appreciate your comments. Thank you for taking the time to join us here on Dogs by Nature Radio. And also, we heard from Josh of the Danger Zone.
11: Hey, as always... Thanks for having me. It's a blast coming on here talking Browns football. Um, I can't wait
1: to do it again. And, you know, everyone, we're back. Go Browns. Josh, always appreciate hearing your perspective. Thank you for taking the time to share with us here. Of course, we hope to hear from you again real soon. Well, you've been listening to the Browns Showdown on Dogs by Nature Radio. I'm your host, Thelonious7. Take care and go Browns.
0: Every Monday, our friend Ashley Esqueda will be curating and hosting these interviews and sharing with us what she's learned.
6: I can't believe
10: the McRib locator was originally a tornado locator. Right. <laughs> Pretty wild.
0: Listen to our Solo Acts mini series now in the VergeCast feed, anywhere you find podcasts.